0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Haley & Co., your new favorite college football podcast hosted live here on Twitch. I'm your host, Tyler Co.
1: And I'm Haley Graves.
0: And we are part of the Believe Podcast Network. That is B-L-E-A-V. You can find the show there as well as audio versions of almost every single platform possible or watch the recorded version of the show on YouTube at haley and coach show or watch the vod on twitch
1: and yeah continue to make sure you follow us here on twitch as tyler said at the top of the show subscribe help us out and then also give us a follow on instagram i promise we've got content in the works uh we're gonna start ramping that up here soon uh, this show is also brought to you by betonline.ag which is back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B L E A V, to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and more. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: You crushed that. That was good.
1: Now that that's out of the way, <laughs> now
0: that that's <laughs> out of the way. Uh, we have so much to get to as we always say, but no, seriously, like so much happened this past weekend and so much is about to happen. So on tonight's show, uh, we're going to dive into everything, uh, coming up this next week, which it, it is a massive weekend coming up. We got a beefy boys, uh, edition for you guys. It was a wild weekend at the zoo. Haley, there was tigers, there's bears, there's beavers and there's hogs. And Haley's got a new segment for us that we're like literally about to do here in a second. Because, Haley, over the weekend, 30 to 50 feral hogs were seen in Dallas causing massive destruction. Texas A&M, Arkansas, everybody was watching that one. Something about the hogs this year, I don't know if it's a team of destiny, if they're they're just men on a mission. I have no idea, but it has been crazy to see them ascend to the top of the college football world uh, this year. So we're going to do a new segment right now with Haley, uh, talking about some other games, but starting off with that one called Make sense of it all because Haley, I'm watching the game and then I see you post something on Twitter and it's about Jalen Weidemeyer. And you, (laughs) (laughs) do you want to just tell folks what you said in all caps? Because when I saw it, you were in my brain. I'm like, yes, us and everybody watching this game is wondering the same damn thing.
1: I mean, he didn't get a target in the first half and he finished the game with one reception. And there was just so much more to that game. And so I tweeted, make it make sense because that's pretty much watching the Aggies play this week. None of it added up. Everything added up in Arkansas's favor, which I kind of knew was going to happen. But yeah, it just, that's why I tweeted. I was like, make it make sense because nothing that was happening with A&M was making any sense
0: so that's what we want from you you're so good about that so that's going to be your new segment we're going to look at some of these games that make zero sense and i need you to try and do it so starting off with that first one texas a&m arkansas i mean yeah yeah, i mean it was it was all hogs it could have been worse if kj jefferson didn't get hurt um the crazy thing arkansas outgained a&m 443 to 272 total yards it's the first time they started 4-0 since 2003. The crazy thing right now, Haley, is that the Aggies have scored two touchdowns against P5 opponents. What the heck right. is going on with AM?
1: I mean, if you didn't see this loss coming, you're quite frankly lying to yourself. I mean, I said it at the top of the show when Tyler and I were rambling that, you know, two weeks ago after the Colorado game, I had my overreaction, but in reality, my gut was screaming how right I was. I knew this Aggie team was going to stumble. Uh, They were exposed in more ways than I can count and I was disappointed quite frankly in just the overall effort of this team. That's kind of part of the make it make sense and I'll try to do that here by focusing on the X's and O's instead of the harsh reality that this team has nothing and no one to play for anymore. Helen Mond, I'm sorry that we took you for granted, but yes, going into the season, like we knew the offensive line isn't great, but specifically this past weekend, they were playing an entirely new lineup with only one veteran moving around the line based on need. So any sort of cohesion was likely impossible, but... I'm not saying that as an excuse, it just is what it is. So you have that paired with a quarterback who looked like a deer in headlights was just not a great combo for the Aggies. But this has been the case for weeks. And yes, it's really easy to point the finger at 10, as many Aggies did, the amount of tweets I saw of people saying Zach Calzada ain't it, I felt bad for the kid. But I mean, can you blame him for fearing for his life? In his short career as QB1, he's faced 16 quarterback hurries, 18 tackles for a loss, and seven sacks. Like, that's inexcusable. And with a team that has as much talent as A&M has, being held to 4 and 14 on third down and only, as you mentioned, Tyler, 272 yards of offense on Saturday is just, it's completely inexcusable. And what's even crazier is this team overwhelmingly performed better when both Isaiah Spillers touching the ball, and Jalen Weidemeier is touching the ball. And in fact, like the most positive offensive play that I can even think about was Isaiah Spillers touchdown run. And you know, looking back at last season, he averaged 18 carries per game, and in the lone loss against Alabama, he only had 11. Seems to be a pretty good trend that I would aim for, yet on Saturday, he only touched the ball 12 times. The plethora of offensive skill talent that the Aggies have makes the taste from this Arkansas game even worse. And yes, I'm also aware, in case you didn't know this, two of their starting wide receivers were out, Chase Lane and Caleb Chapman. Again, not an excuse, just the reality that this Aggie team was facing. They were starting two freshmen wideouts. Overall, just that was a recipe for disaster. But the bottom line is a lot of Texas A&M's problems feel very similar, which is scary. And I might need to pump the brakes on this, but I'm not going to this smells the Sumlin era. Like, it just has that same aroma. It's a team that wants to say their identity is a run-first power team, but you look behind the curtain and they're nowhere near that. They completely lack an identity, and especially one that they can't even lean on in tough situations. I mean, like, any type of offensive identity would have been nice to see on Saturday. But, and Tyler, I think you're going to like this one, I think the biggest... Thing that these Aggies face is just their inability to threaten a defense with big plays. This weekend, we saw Barry Odom run a 3 5 3 defense, and that made things incredibly complicated for a young, inexperienced Calzada. With the turnover that the offense is facing from last season, I think, and you know, I saw a lot of Aggies coming to this conclusion, I think it's time. That Jimbo Fisher realizes his players are 18 to 22 years old and his pro style offense isn't clicking and it's just not going to click this season. Bottom line, that's what that is what we're facing at. And I think Texas AM needs to take a long look under the hood because Alabama and Olmis plus an end-of-the-season game in the swamp, things are looking really grim for the Marina White, and you know. I had an unfortunate realization about two weeks ago that I'm not going to say again because I'm not putting it back into existence. But sometimes I just got to call it like I see it, and that's pretty much sums up what's up with the Aggies right now.
0: I mean, you touched all the bases right there. I think the last thing you said, I think it was my frustration watching that game, is going back to Jimbo Fisher for this offensive guru that we've always known him as. That looked like this, like the second half of the Colorado game like of the Colorado game. Like did we change, it didn't change anything. And just watching it as a pure football fan, like you're talking about the big plays, it still blows me away. And in a lot of this, obviously, yes, Calzada is gonna take the hits. I don't like him taking hits from fans. He has been terrible, he's been overwhelmed, but that is on Jimbo Fisher and the coaching staff to fix something to make him comfortable. And I would think in my head, Haley, as well as yours, Jalen Weidemeier, arguably the best tight end in college football, is that safety blanket that you should be targeting the whole game. I don't understand it. I don't understand Spiller not getting the ball. None of it really makes sense. And I know we go back to that O-line, but that was just tough to watch as a football fan. And I'm looking at Jimbo like, dude, are you just going to cash your check and like coach like at all? Like, what are you doing to your team? There's like, you you said there's too many offensive weapons.
1: It's just it's honestly it's just time for Jimbo to evolve.
0: Yes. He has been yes. blessed.
1: He's been blessed to be in situations where the quarterback plays well in his offense and this is the first time that he's facing a situation where this quarterback is not picking up on his offense. He's not it no. Jimbo's offense is styled to be overcomplicated to throw off defenses, to make a average football fan look at that offense and be like oh he's good but in reality there's not that much special really going on and it hasn't changed over the years so there's so much game film that these teams realistically have to combat a Jimbo Fisher offense and it doesn't help when you have a quarterback who like it was just quite frankly very clear like yes Calzada was uncomfortable but he was uncomfortable because he couldn't even make the reads no I mean why do no. not Meyer was open aniah smith after the game because one of the things i tweeted out was i was like it like these, these wideouts cannot be getting locked down the way it appeared to be because watching the game on tv you know you never actually get to see full-on routes yeah. because they always just lock in on what the quarterback what the offensive line is doing and then they follow the play so you're not actually really able to see the plays developing and like you cannot tell me that wideouts weren't getting open, and so post game Anaya Smith was like, "I thought I was getting open. I felt like I was getting open," and so that just again credit to Barry Odom and what he did with that three five three. They talked about it on the broadcast and the fact having essentially eight guys in your backfield, Calzada couldn't find a lane to throw in. He couldn't. All he saw was a sea of red and that is obviously very alarming for him it was almost as if every defender was just a red flag and he couldn't see past it
0: i mean it was insane that arkansas defensive line is no joke and look if the aggie's offense is bad Haley, moving on to our next one clemson's is terrible uh they lose to nc state which i thought they would it was about time it was kind of due a little bit like arkansas over texas a&m right like they've been knocking on that door Um, They lose 27-21 to in overtime. And you look at the Tigers' stat line, Haley, it's awful. DJU, 11 for 26, uh, uh, um, 111 yards through the air, two touchdowns in in, uh, INT. He led the team in rushing, which is never good. Will Shipley, who got hurt, had 36 on the ground. They had a little over 100 yards rushing, 103 to be exact. And check this out, Haley. DJ started two games last year, right? Played a little, sprinkled in here, but started two games. In 2020... He had 117 attempts. He threw for 914 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, completing 66.7% of his passes. In 2021, through four games, he has 112 attempts for 586 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, completing 56%. What is happening with Clemson's offense?
1: I mean, I think, honestly, a lot of the problems are very eerily similar to Texas A&M's. And, you know, you were tossing some numbers out there. Like, let's let's let everyone really understand this situation. Uh, Clemson offense ranks last in the SEC. I mean, SEC, LOL, ACC in points per game, yards per game, yards per play. And what's even worse than that's so like, yes, you're at the bottom of the ACC. We know the ACC is struggling. But UMass, South Carolina and Akron who are a combined 3 and 9 this season are all averaging more points per game than Clemson and so are 120 other teams Tyler
0: It's shocking. It's shocking how bad it is. Right. I've seen people calling for uh, uh Tony Elliott's head in in South Carolina. I don't know if that's really where we need to be going. Again, right. I think it's we're looking at two head coaches that do the thing that they're used to doing. This is the model right. for for Jimbo for Texas A&M and for Dabo for for Clemson. What do we do? We get Taj Boyd. Then we get Deshaun Watson. Then we get Trevor Lawrence. We plug these guys in. We have great backs. But when it's not there, you can't just force it. Like you said with A&M, you have to adapt. And we have not seen that at all.
1: And I think what's more astonishing is that with A&M, the floodgates have busted wide open. Quick, like, I mean so fast for this fan base and this team whereas the cracks in clemson's standards started to show realistically long before this season i mean look back at the past two years they've just been mm-hmm. putting band-aids on a leaky engine
0: they've, had they a, they've got had some guys covered up right we've had a trevor Lawrence right. and a travis Etienne kind of mask a lot of the issues we've had on yep. offense namely that offensive line.
1: right because you you look at their last two college football playoff appearances Blowouts. blown out by LSU in the mm-hmm. title and blown out by Ohio State last season but everyone was just kind of like oh the other teams are just superior and you just focus on the other team and not necessarily the fact that Clemson was outmatched and outcoached in both of those games and like you said it was because Travis masked so many issues with the offensive line and mostly just his ability to be an outlet for the passing game it really made me realize that he was carrying that team on his back a lot more than we even would have imagined that he was.
0: It's, it's been shocking to see that with the loss of those two guys, how bad it's getting. And we're going to get into this in a second, but it makes me question if anybody actually really watches football. And I don't know how many people watch this game, and I, I, I don't really know what to make of this. I think at about, out of the top teams that we've seen this year that are still undefeated, right. OU is the biggest mystery to us now. This was a team that I was extremely high on because I'm looking at the pieces and I'm like, how the hell are they going to lose one game? They're going to roll to the playoffs. They barely beat West Virginia this week in 16-13, and it was bad on the field. It was bad off the field because I've never seen this from an OU fan base ever. Booing, I mean, we've booing seen, Spencer we've, Rattler and calling for right. Caleb Williams to start during the game, which is tough to hear. No matter what you think about Spencer Rattler, he's a kid. And it's adults yelling at him for playing that bad. And look, they shouldn't be yelling at him, but he has been playing terrible.
1: Right. I mean, the expectations were almost as high for Oklahoma this season as they were for the Aggies, you oh, know? Yeah. And the difference, though, is. A&M lost their starting quarterback going into this season. They knew what the situation was. And Oklahoma, what's your excuse? You struggled to beat a two-lane team in the home opener. Mm-hmm. Then you beat the brakes off of your next opponent. You struggled against Nebraska, and now you've struggled against West Virginia. I don't know what the media, I don't know what the coaches poll, I don't know what anyone is seeing in this Oklahoma team right now because, quite frankly, they look like one of the most dysfunctional teams in college football, which— realistically again looking at trends there's been several moments in Lincoln Riley's era at Oklahoma that this has been the case they this is just the most that has happened in the beginning of a season and in a season that's supposed to take them to the college triple playoff
0: yeah you're hearing it from Norman all the fans are like this was the team we're told by everybody this is going to be the team that finally gets us to the top and and give it, right. give Alex Grinch credit still of like playing good enough defense to keep Oklahoma in these games, but you I, I I've said this before and I don't I, I I agree with you with Lincoln Riley and I don't want to bash too hard on the guy, but it might have been a fool's gold with the quarterback wealth that he got with his first full right. team his recruits this is bad and Haley we talked about earlier in the year I question the one question mark I had about OU was the depth at running back. Yeah, (laughs) They had 57 total yards on the ground against West Virginia. They averaged two yards a carry. This has been an issue. I know they got uh, uh, Kennedy Brooks. I know they got Eric Gray from Tennessee. But they have not proven to be those guys. They have not proven to run the football. And with all due respect to the West Virginias and Nebraska's of the world, those are not the best teams that they're going to face in the Big 12. So I don't know what happens to the Sooners going forward.
1: I I don't know either. They – have no ability to really make explosive plays. I don't know if it's because of losing guys like the CD Lambs. I mean, you would think that they would still be fine with, again, it's it's kind of the same thing, like looking at Clemson and looking at OU and the talent that they've brought into their programs. You would expect more. You'd expect more out of the development of these younger athletes to be able to come in and step up. And I don't know if it's because that's the precedent that Alabama has set. That if you keep getting these top 10 recruiting classes year after year after year, it comes down to coaching at that point once those players step on the field. And when you have a year that you have a massive step off, I just look at that as development.
0: Yeah, I do too. Dare I say some of these teams are experiencing the Texas effect of getting all that talent. <laughs> and then you don't do anything with it. Um, I, I don't know what to make of you right now. And, and, let's it, call
1: it the Tom Herman effect.
0: Let's call it the Tom Herman effect. I love that. I, I'm sure Tom will appreciate that, and I don't care if he does. But uh, you know, something I don't know, uh, I don't care for. And kind of like you mentioned, Haley, I think it is worth mentioning for people because this is making me lose my mind. About did anybody watch football this past week? And besides you, me, and our viewers, because the coaches clearly didn't, and I don't know if the voters yes. did as well. Like, if anybody cares to take a look at the top twenty-five. It's wild.
1: There's, there's some alarming things on both sides. Like the yeah. fact that, you know what I mean? Like, cause in some situations I can understand like, okay, the coaches have a different perspective than the media. The media clearly right. have, um, you know, ulterior motives. So there's, there's definitely uh, like, I can understand why in both situations, certain things are, but for the life of me, the coaches poll, letting Oklahoma be number four, no. I'm sorry,
0: no. Well, Haley gets worse like, than what, that. What, I, have I, have what
1: have they done?
0: What have they done to
1: reserve to the top
0: four? I got a, I got a couple more. And also, we know, folks who, who are listening and watching this, we know very well, Haley and I do, that uh, this these polls do not matter. We know it's just fodder, but it does question like these I are mean, the
1: – Technically, the AP poll, poll matters. A
0: little bit, yes. So, um, Oklahoma has beaten nobody. Clemson is still ranked in the top 25 in both polls. And okay, you wait, but my I can
1: I can give you why I like easily. I saw that and I was like, oh, it's simply because they want to at least make the game this weekend against Boston against a 4-0 Boston College team mm-hmm. intriguing. And people are going to be intrigued simply because Clemson is still ranked. Which if this? that becomes a two unranked teams playing one another, no one gives a shit. Well, So nobody's. thats I promise you that's the only reason why Clemson is still where they're
0: at. It could be. I need somebody to explain that to me. I need somebody to explain to me why Texas is not ranked. I need somebody to explain to me why, in the coaches, Arkansas is below Florida and Ohio State. How? How is that? Do, do you all watch the games? Auburn. Okay, I
1: will say, Florida, <laughs> I kind of can understand – Simply because they've played Alabama and they played Bama close. Like I... I can, I can understand that argument. Um, especially like A&M hasn't really showed anything and yes, Texas, Texas has ebbed and flowed, you know? So like, I feel like we still don't truly know what Texas is, um, so that's why I can see Arkansas being held back. I was very surprised that they jumped up all the way to number eight in the AP poll.
0: I think people are just high on them. I look at it as like, I actually yeah. think Texas isn't that bad. I mean, the loss to Arkansas wasn't right. nearly as bad as, as A&M's loss. But Texas is only, and I'm not trying to be a homer, but just for the sake of the polls, Texas opponents are 10-2 and two with the only two losses being to the Longhorns. Like, I don't understand that. And, and one of the worst is Auburn, who it took a fourth and nine. A Bownik's benching to get them still in the polls to get that victory. In the coaches poll, folks, Auburn is ahead of undefeated Baylor, Kentucky, and Wake Forest. That is all. I will say
1: I'm I'm a little held up on a statement that you just made because you just said AM's lost to Arkansas was worse than Texas's. No, no,
0: no, 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 no no, 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 Texas was worse than a and That's what I okay. meant to say is that A&M's wasn't as bad as Texas's. No, no, okay. no, no, Yeah, okay. no, 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 no. I no, need te- some
1: clarification because yes, no. I was about to get a little
0: heated. No, 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 no. no. Texas got destroyed by Arkansas. There's a major yeah. difference there. Um, right. The most egregious one to let you guys know, like Haley and I are making this up that the coaches don't watch it. <laughs> this is insane. Fresno State, who beat UCLA beat UCLA, is behind UCLA by one spot in the coach's poll. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. That's <laughs> just wild and to especially,
1: me. Especially because Fresno State also played Oregon, who's the number three team in the country, incredibly close.
0: I, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. So I hope, you know, Haley, and we had this discussion last year, we questioned a lot whether or not the college football playoff committee was watching games. And if this is right. any indication where this thing could be going, it's going to be wild at the at the end of the year because these these polls do influence the playoff committee because they do yeah, look at them I, and, they, I, and then it plays into it.
1: I feel like at this point in the season, like with the coaches' poll, I feel like they're so busy doing other things that in reality, this is basically the SIDs filling this out, and there's just like so much propaganda and politicization about the coaches poll that it almost makes me not even like I honestly rarely look at the coaches poll don't care don't like don't look at those rankings to me the AP poll matters a whole lot more and that one's always the most interesting and yeah like I I was kind of shocked I appreciate the coaches for giving A&M some love still and keeping them at 13 I it was a little bit of a Dagger, seeing a go all the way down to 15, but mm. I think it's about accurate.
0: It's accurate until they can prove otherwise. Like, I think they're still in there uh, just because of that defense. I mean, you still have to give it up for a ms defense. Uh, they're working with nothing. They're working with nothing, which is tough. I still think they're one of the better defenses. Anyway, the polls are stupid. They don't matter. Um, but, you know, Haley, you and I do know some stuff because we do watch football. And uh, for the rest of the weekend, there was a lot that went on. Uh, I think... One of the games that we got right, which you got right, Baylor over mm-hmm. Iowa State. Uh, the Bears are back in the top 25. Uh, you called the upset. I mean, what do you like to see from Baylor now?
1: I mean, I just want to see them keep going. I think last season I was kind of a year early
0: yeah, you on were being high, high on, on Yeah, Miller. you were high on them last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
1: Last year I had them as my dark horse to win the Big 12, and – they had a lot of COVID issues. They were one of those teams that just couldn't keep it out of the locker room. Um, couldn't get in a rhythm because of that. So I was excited to see what they were gonna bring to the table this season. And I'm excited to see where they keep going with it. I mean, beating Iowa State is a big deal.
0: Yeah, it is. And I'm gonna let you know, uh, Cyclone fans, I'm not gonna try and like make this even worse. Matt Campbell's gone. This is the best team he could have possibly fielded at, at uh, Iowa State. It's never gonna get better than this. And they still can't – I mean, Brees Hall is the number two rushing running back in the Big 12, but they still can't score points. It's beyond me. Um, By the way, I want to – Go
1: ahead. Do you think they um, – do you think he leaves on his own fruition to a different opportunity – or do you think Iowa State pushes them out?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Iowa State knows that that's the best they're going to get. He's going yeah. to, there's, okay, there's, I mean, we saw what happened to USC. We'll talk about that later, but USC, again, right. lost. I mean, obviously, we know that job's open and how bad that's going to be. Nebraska lost. I guarantee you that job's going to be open. There's going to be other right. opportunities as well. So I think Matt Campbell is where it's gone. I want to give myself some credit since we're giving credit right now to Haley. Really? You guys all laughed at me and you scoffed at me. And you made fun of me for Michigan and Rutgers, because I said Rutgers could play Michigan close. And they were a 22-point dog. They held the Wolverines scoreless in the second half, and they only lost 20-13. to 13. I'm telling you, the Rutgers are a good football team. You all laughed at me.
1: No, I think that they're going to make things very interesting um, moving forward. I just didn't – I will give you credit for <laughs> the game being close, but <laughs> – I didn't think that Michigan was hurting. What's really surprising me is seeing a lot of the national championship odds I think I saw something today, the college football playoff predictor for who's gonna either I it was either be in or win the national championship. And Michigan was in like the five teams in there at like four percent.
0: I saw that. That was wild. Like, um Yeah. I mean you've been high on them and it's hey, they won that it's a tough look, Greg Schiano's a great coach. He's one of those guys he's gonna right. sneak up on you, he's a Pat Fitzgerald type. Michigan still got the horses, um, with that running attack. Hey, I got the win. horses
1: in the back. <laughs> right, <laughs> That's, got too.
0: I would love to see Harbaugh sing that song. Um, as long as he doesn't take his shirt off anymore. Um, <laughs> there was another game patting ourselves on the back. Auburn. I have beaten Bo Nixon to the ground. I don't want to do it anymore because he's dead. Um, not literally. But, like, I mean, to get benched because you can't beat Georgia State has got to be about one of the most humiliating things an SEC quarterback has ever experienced. Like, I feel bad for I the mean, kid. Yeah. It, it, that was awful. Auburn should have lost that game. Hats off to TJ Finley for coming in, stepping up big when he had to. Uh, but I don't know if things could get worse for Auburn right now. Like, that is terrible.
1: I I think you're overreacting. You think you I'm like, overreacting? You like, you like to do this with Bo Nix. He, like, what is for some reason is like your Achilles heel. Like, you just have a, like, issue with Bo Nix because I think you're overreacting because this is Honestly, pretty common. It's their hangover game from last week against Penn State.
0: Oh, this is such SEC propaganda. No, no, no.
1: People always say, don't turn one loss into two. That's true. And it's kind of, and it's very similar to what I was saying, you know, calling out Florida and seeing what they were going to do this week because it's, it's, it's the very similar to the Alabama hangover effect. Like you play in a big game with emotions high and you've, fight your ass off and you lose it really is for these 18 to 22 year old kids it's hard for them to just fully shake that and put it out of their minds i'm not giving them that excuse but it's not totally unexpected given the fact they played penn state last week
0: bo nicks is going to lose bojangles the bojangles people I, I heard were on the phone over the weekend saying we can't do this anymore we're losing money nobody's eating our chicken because it's associated with bo nicks. It speaks Stop more it. to the fact that I can't believe he's the starting quarterback. But look, they won. It doesn't matter. It's wild. Right. Uh the one game that you and I missed this weekend um was Wisconsin-Notre Dame. What what was that Badgers? It, it, this game was 10 to 10 Haley in the third and then I turned it off. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to I had to go do something. Like I'm going to come back. It's going to be a close fourth quarter." And then 31 points from Notre Dame in the in the fourth. What happened? Did you have
1: you looked at the box score? Yeah. They had two pick sixes on their last two drives of the game that were like both 50-plus yard pick sixes. Like, Graham Mertz, don't know what you're doing back there, buddy, but that's that's what happened.
0: That was insane. And, I mean, what a welcome home for Jack Cohn, too. I mean, they were at Soldier Field, but, like, to come back and beat the team that you got pushed out of had to be something really, really sweet. Right, it
1: was his revenge game. And that was – that game, that win solidified – uh brian kelly to be the winningest coach in notre dame football history
0: really i did not know that that checks out though i mean he is one hell of a coach um speaking of another job that's got to be open like there there was just some teams this year that i think we have to mention before we get into beefy boys and then get into that big weekend which i know everybody wants to talk about and uh, and also see what's what's going on right here with my chalkboard that i have covered up um just I don't
1: even know what's under the chalkboard. I just know that it's gonna be an old Miss meter like breaking through. You're gonna be at like 110 on Ole Miss right now.
0: That's not what it is. That's you have. You don't know Wait. what you're talking. You don't know what you're talking about. I
1: think you're lying. You shush. I now. think you're lying.
0: Listen, Florida State <laughs> is 0 and 4, Haley. They're 0 and 4. Florida State is 0-4, USC is 2-2, and 2. they lost to Oregon State, Nebraska is 2-3, and 3. they're about to play Michigan in two weeks, they got Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa to end the season, North Carolina got blasted by Georgia Tech, and Arizona is 0-4, who's literally, like the race for the worst season is on right now, out of those teams, what- who's going to win a game that, like are they going to have winning seasons, I question that for every team I just mentioned.
1: I question that also. I think when it comes to, like, who's going to finish with the worst season, I think you have to include expectations going into the season, which, for me, automatically takes out Florida State, Arizona, and really Nebraska out of the equation. Um, And so I'm just kind of looking at you, USC. Like, I know you lost your head coach, but – They're another one of those programs that you should have enough talent in that locker room to find something to win a game.
0: Especially against Oregon State. And no discredit to the Beavers. Like, every once in a while, they'll put together a team. But my gosh, they got destroyed by Oregon State. It wasn't like a close one loss in Corvallis. This was, they got blown up by 20 points. This game wasn't even close in the second half. Um... That's shocking. Wheels are off the bus. And looking at North Carolina, too, with expectations, I thought they might have been a pretender. And we're really seeing the full effect of how much talent that the Tar Heels lost last year and how bad it's affecting this team. You look at the score of that Georgia Tech game, North Carolina was down by, like, 24 points at once. Right. Like, they got destroyed. I don't want to, like, harp on my boy Mac Brown, but Mac Brown got a Mac Brown. I've seen this tale before. I've seen this story a few times in my day. And I feel bad for Sam Howell, who's still a tremendous athlete, had some big plays. But you talk about expectations in Chapel Hill. Haley, this is getting really bad for North Carolina.
1: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what you said last week. Does anyone want to win the ACC?
0: And, and that's what I, I just honestly have no idea. Who I mean, I'll tell you who does.
1: Georgia Tech and Wake Forest.
0: There you go. Undefeated for Wake Forest. Everybody watch out for the Demon Deacons. And I mean, yeah, Georgia Tech only lost, they barely lost to Clemson. That was a game. Like, they're not that bad of a team. Um, and as far as Clemson, though, I think it is also worth mentioning because we were talking about their offense, that not only was Tyler Davis out for this past game, but they just lost Brian Breesey. They're arguably the best defender on their team uh, for the rest of the season. For Yeah, yeah. How ugh, How gross is that, right?
1: Right, and your boy, uh, linebacker,
0: Skalsky. he's out. Skalski's yeah. out. So, like, you're, you're talking about the heart of that defense. It's only going to get worse for Clemson. Um, they're in full panic mode. I don't know if the Aggies are in full, full panic mode yet, but it's full panic mode, like, you know, threat level midnight up in Clemson. They think, have no idea what to do.
1: Yeah, I think um, – I don't think A&M is there simply because they can use the argument of, whoa, a lot is sorry, happening right sorry. now. Um, I think that they can just use the argument and, you know, you're basically bottom line, everyone's going to fall back and chalk this season up to being, well, we had to play with our backup. Yeah. And that's going to be the excuse that's masked over this season.
0: Well, I think it also like it needs to be called out for Jimbo Fishers too. And Dabo Sweeney is like two guys that have to adapt when things are not going their way. And they're so used to it, like you said, going their way. That You just can't do that. Again, take a page out of Nick Saban's book, Adapt or Die. And Nicky's doing pretty good. Hey,
1: he freaking adapted by going on the Manning Hour for Monday Night Football
0: (laughs) with very
1: clever, very clever recruiting move. Nobody was fooled by what your actual motives were there, Nick Saban. But hey... You're adapting. I respect it.
0: I, it's wild. This Arch Manning thing, we're acting like this kid is the second coming of Christ. And he might be. Who knows? Everybody wants him. We talked last week. Lane, Lane Kiffin is um, the only person. Uh, Lane follows one person on Instagram, and it's Arch Manning. Saban clearly it's was great. doing that. I, I know Texas is in the mix for this, and I'm thinking like, hey, what? Do we, we got to get in the game. We got to get creative look at these guys and what they're doing out how, how do we get what do we need to do do i need to send mcconaughey to his house or like i have no idea um but tell the, him he can be the movie. Yeah, give him a part in a movie there you go yeah friday night uh lights part he two he can be something. mcconaughey's son he could absolutely be mcconaughey's son we are all mcconaughey's children though Haley. you know this so especially here in the state all of right all right, right, right. <laughs> all right, Haley. do you want some beefy boys
1: Let's do your beefy boy. That came out wrong. Let's find out who your beefy boys are.
0: <laughs> Only I do my beefy boys, all right? So our beefy boys start off with a, a Texas Patty duo. Bijan Robinson had 18 carries on the day for 137 yards. That's slick little move right there. Two touchdowns, averaging six. Can you six. stop
1: making Texas players, beefy boys? Just a request. Just a request. Nobody else was think, really that beefy. I think, I think every um, – You know, I think every like week we've done this. I know we've only done it, I think, three or maybe two. But regardless, a a Texas player has been there. You're showing your bias.
0: (laughs) I swear to God, it's not. I looked up top players. He happened to be one. He had a good game. That juke move was sick. I hate tech. You hate tech. Fair. I'll show the Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller's run was very good. I promise there's more. I put in Texas boys. Look. I'm going to show the play again because I can't rewind it. But it's a pair of Texas boys. It's not only Bijan Robinson, Haley. It's your favorite player in college football. Ulysses Bentley, the fifth or fourth. I can't remember. Uh, 20 carries for 153 yards for SMU. This running back, he's one of the best in college football. Had a touchdown right there. SMU outlasted TCU to win the iron skillet. Um, I mean, he's got the best name. And then this guy, might, he honestly might have the best name too. Brock Bowers. This guy is the tight end to watch. Freshman of the week in the SEC. Uh, Haley, for the fourth straight game this season, Bowers has led Georgia in receiving. Had four catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this kid makes that offense go. We've been talking about who's that deep threat for Georgia. You're looking at him. And then this is the beefiest boy of the year. Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, the big boy himself. This guy has set the college football world on fire. He is the king of Texas, by the way, beating A&M and the Longhorns. He is beloved by everybody. And rice, excuse me, and rice. He is the number one beefy boy. He is probably king beefy boy for the rest of the year. I like Sam Pittman. I don't know why I feel this way now, but I'm I'm rooting for Arkansas to like go to the playoffs. This guy is so enchanting. I'm
1: gonna gonna tack on a beefy boy. Yes, with Sam Pittman, Um, KJ Jefferson. Like there was a lot of comparisons during that broadcast. To him being very having a very similar stature to Cam Newton. And Cam Newton was a big boy at quarterback. He's
0: a, he's big beefy and boy. so
1: yeah, and and then I think it just like <laughs> this is not mean, it's factual. You know, when you see certain people's faces, you can be like, oh, I bet you play on the blank. And so I just couldn't get over KJ Jefferson like when he was wearing his helmet he looked like a defensive lineman
0: he's got big head
1: like i couldn't get <laughs> over it like That's i was like head. bro your face screams defensive lineman. your body screams linebacker you can move like a quarterback and throw like a quarterback you make no sense
0: yeah uh but man that kid was electric um even him going down he did come back into the game obviously but he's he ain't that good, but he's good enough to be pretty good. I, I don't right. know. It's it's weird. Um but Sam Pittman, I love this guy. I don't know what's wrong with me rooting for Arkansas, but like I, I not against AM. I'm just rooting for them to win the whole damn thing.
1: Right. No, it's gonna be they're definitely spicing things up.
0: They are. It's all about them hogs, man. It's all about them hogs. It's crazy. So let's get into it. Like, I
1: could really see them finishing second or third in the West.
0: Right now, just looking at it, yeah. Uh and as we get into this big weekend, which man, I'm excited to talk about this. This weekend is massive, folks. We are gonna learn a lot. Uh, we're gonna figure out the playoff picture a lot this coming weekend. So let's jump into these big games, Haley. And number one, right there, it's with the Hawks. Number eight, Arkansas yeah. at number two, Georgia. I'm gonna throw the stat line or excuse me, the, the line that Vegas has. I was kinda shocked to see this. 18 and a half for Georgia. And I wow. Which look, I get that Georgia has been beating the brakes off everybody, but I want people to pump the brakes on Georgia and let me know yeah. if you disagree or not. Georgia's one opponent that we saw them that was this year that was a, you know, premier opponent if you will, was Clemson. And now seeing what right. Clemson is and how bad Georgia was in that game from an offensive standpoint against a very good defense, we gave them a lot of credit for that first victory. They have played nobody since, like nobody.
1: Right, so, that shocks right? me.
0: And I know that we've seen them put up a lot of points, but again, they have played nobody. Arkansas has been in the fire. They played Texas. They played Texas A&M. They've played against some good teams. That defense, right. by the way, is one of the best in the country from a rushing standpoint, and they rushing offense is also one of the best in the country at number eight overall. I don't know if Vegas is right on this one. Georgia might still win this game, but 18.5 points, Haley? I don't know about that.
1: I think Arkansas is going to have to play a near-perfect game to get this win. I really do. I think they're going to need to get Georgia on their heels early, very similar to what they did to Mm -hmm. A&M. Because if you watch like even the second half this week – it kind of just felt like A&M ran out of time because they finally did start to get in a groove in that third quarter, closing the gap. It was 17-10 to for a long time. Um, And, you know, it being a one-score game, it never felt out of reach. So I think Arkansas needs to jump on them early, start fast, get Georgia in a hole. And we haven't seen this Georgia team really, especially their offense, have to fight and grind out of a hole because I don't even think... I don't even consider Week One them being under that much pressure because their defense was playing so outstanding.
0: It, I mean, that was still probably the best defensive performance of the year that we saw. It was insanity, right? Um, but that, but that's where I look at this game and I'm like, look, that Arkansas defensive line is going to smother Georgia's running attack. And if we're making Georgia like we've said in the past, throw the football. This game right. could be eerily similar to where it's a one-score game, the 18 and a half points blows me away like it does you if arkansas plays a perfect game they win this football game
1: that makes me want arkansas to win even more like i was kind of indifferent on this game it was like okay this has the like probability of being a good game georgia likely will win this game Uh, i don't know if the hogs can you know do this back-to-back weeks um, but now hearing that line, it's kind of insulting and it kind of makes me want to really see Arkansas take the victory on this one.
0: So Matt is one ton about our beefy boy, Sam Pittman. Don't think that that's not locker room talk right now. Vegas right. doesn't give you a shot. Nobody gives you a shot against Georgia at Georgia. Them hogs, baby. I tell you what, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm gonna go with the upset, but I definitely think that Arkansas covers that in a big way. 18 and a half is, like you said, an insult. Right. So let's go hogs, though. I'm rooting for him. This next one, though, this is a big one, and it's a big one for you and I because we love Cincinnati. We love Desmond Ritter. And this is basically it. This is their season in a nutshell. Number nine, Notre Dame at number seven, Cincinnati. Since he's a two and a half point favorite right here. Haley, looking at Cincy's schedule like we've talked about, there's really not a lot of strength there. They've been good enough to hang out in the top ten. They've been de- they've been destroying teams early on this season outside of that Indiana game, but we saw them rebound and have a nice victory. This is it. Notre Dame has been looking hot as of late. They just keep winning. If Cincy can beat Notre Dame, they can legitimately put themselves in the playoff contention uh, or conversation.
1: I think, I mean, that's what we've been saying. Win and win convincingly, and that's how you're going to get yourself there. This might be the last season with your head coach because he's likely onto bigger and better things at the end of this season. Yep. Um, I just finally feel like this is coming to a head in the fact that Notre Dame has gotten incredibly lucky. Yes, they have just found a way to win, and people like to say great teams do that, but I think they have will have met their match this weekend – um, and I think Cincy definitely gets the win in this one.
0: This is this is going to be, yeah, I agree with you, actually. That two and a half, I like that. I like this, a one-score game, a game-winning field goal. This is going to be Cincy's Super Bowl, arguably the biggest regular season game in Cincinnati football history. I know that they played Georgia last year, Peach Bowl, uh, and that was massive. But this is it. This is your Super Bowl. You win this game, you could do it. Because we look at the teams at the top, Haley, like you mentioned with OU, there's going to be some yeah. teams stumbling. We're still not, we still don't know what Oregon is. We don't know what Georgia is. We're going to learn. And I like that as well because then we're going to learn about number one. We're going to learn about the number one team in the football world, Haley, Alabama at home against number 12 Old Miss. Alabama is a 14 and a half point favorite. Um, I just want to throw this out here that Matt Corral is uh, emerging as the betting favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, at least by U.S. Sportsbook. I also want to mention.
1: Deservedly so.
0: Deservedly so. And I also want to mention that Old Miss has a number four rushing offense in the country. And they have the number 11 passing offense in the country. Minus one game, everybody's played, you know, four. They've only played three. So I just want to throw that out there for this game. Haley, what's going to happen? Is this finally going to be it? Is this where an assistant of Nick Saban's is finally going to beat him?
1: I think – I want to say, my gut tells me yes, honestly. Like, I can see Ole Miss winning this game. I think it's going to be kind of blow for blow. I think it's going to be an offensive battle. Um, it's really going to kind of come down to, can Ole Miss's offense beat Alabama's defense? Because we have heard that this Alabama defense is one of the best that Saban has ever had. And so I think that's where we're going to learn a lot about these two programs. Do I think Ole Miss has what it takes to get the win? Yes. Would I feel a lot more confident if they were playing at Ole Miss? Also, yes.
0: I would as well. Um, this has been the one team, anybody that follows Ole Miss Alabama, this is Alabama's Arkansas-Texas A&M. This is always a weird game. Okay. Old Miss has beaten uh, Alabama in the past. They're like this little gnat in their ear. Um,
1: the game
0: it is It's is weird um, so Haley you know you had mentioned and everybody's noticing what I got right back here and I don't know if you're like a mind reader Haley but it absolutely is the meter broken through we're not at 110.
1: Oh, thousand I mean I gave you 110 you went all the way to 1000 wow
0: thousand percent old Miss is going to win this game everybody that's the train that's not a very good train. Have some really bad wheels, but that is the lane train. Choo choo. We are going all the way to the top. You called it. Old Miss is going to win this game outright. This is when it finally happens. Lane Kiffin. This was the perfect storm. This was meant to be. This is going to happen. Old Miss is going to beat Alabama.
1: See, I can either I can either see it being it's one of two things. It's going to be shocking how badly Ole Miss beats Alabama, or it's going to come down to the wire, very similar to the Florida game, or I guess the last, the second half of the Florida game, and Alabama will get by with the hair of their chinny chin chin. I will say, I felt a lot, like, you know when you just have like these cosmic, like, feels of mm-hmm. like what the college football world is up to? Had a and beat Arkansas and won, you know, won convincingly um, and Calzada would have gotten that confidence, I would have felt like the college football gods were gearing it to being an a Alabama head-to-head where a gets the edge over Alabama, but the way that things are going i see it more as this working out in ole miss's favor in which ole miss is going to get the win and then a very vengeful alabama team is going to go to college station and beat the brakes off <laughs> oh, God,
0: it could happen that's not even me
1: being, no that's not even me being unrealistic that's like that's like just typical like Aggie football that's just kind of what happens like there's still gonna be don't get me wrong there's still gonna be hype around that game it's still gonna be a great atmosphere it's still gonna be exciting but like I don't think that A&M is gonna have a prayer to beat Alabama
0: not with the way that they're playing right now you hope somebody's in Jimbo's ear being like dude you need to redo the playbook we have to figure out a way to get this young quarterback something good. to make him
1: successful
0: just something you gotta do that right. at the very least um I like it I didn't think you were gonna agree with me I mean you did call this to a T that this would be broken <laughs> through them. well that's just because I know
1: you but like that's what my like spidey my college football spidey senses are telling me just like two weeks ago Arkansas winning my spidey senses are telling me that Ole Miss wins this week and then Alabama takes all their frustration out on the Aggies next week at home
0: it could be and you know it's one of these things like out of all the top 10 teams and all the things we've watched this year has anybody watched Ole Miss like nobody's watched Ole Miss on a national scale right like you've heard about I them also... but you're like man eh, I don't know but like if you watch them
1: I mean, they were doing their thing last season. They also had the COVID bumps in the road. Yep. Um, their game against a getting canceled. I will say, though, that that's what draws a few red flags for me because we haven't really seen them play anybody either.
0: They have not. This is very true. Um, but it doesn't matter because they're the best team in college football so
1: okay well let's pump our (laughs) brakes
0: I just I'm excited for if anybody was going to do it Haley I think a little bit of it too is that I I mean we all love Lane Kiffin but like if any assistant was going to beat him it has to be Lane no it It, just just feels too good yeah yeah, it it has to be so like we'll see massive game there's some other really big games though too apart from those because I mean from an SEC picture that's I mean that's massive whatever happens this weekend if Georgia's able to like beat Arkansas and show us that they're the real deal and like nobody's uh, – I, I like Georgia maybe even over Alabama as the number one team in the country. Like If they're able to just squash Arkansas in a way that we didn't see coming, maybe it is a complete blowout and that offense continues to run, I think they could be better than Alabama. No. All right, moving on.
1: Because look at Bama and Georgia's defenses – they were only able to put up 20 points of offense on A&M's defense in a, on a day that, honestly, A&M played very out of character. Pro- going into this one against Arkansas, they were averaging 77 passing yards per game, or allowing 77 passing yards per game. And like even the defense this week, like it felt like an anomaly. They didn't play the way that you normally see an AM defense player, at least the way they have in the past couple weeks. 16 was getting open all game. Granted, he's one of the best receivers coming out this year, but I don't know. I think that's why I'm telling you to just pump your brakes because I they they still gotta put up points, and I'm not convinced about Arkansas's offense.
0: I mean, I'm not either, but it's all about the Hogs and the choo-choo trains. That's all I know. That's what it is this year. Hogs and And choo-choo trains. (laughs) But um, other big games from across the country with huge implications. So we have Michigan, number 14 Michigan, going to Wisconsin. Haley, this is going to be Michigan's first game on the road. They've had every game at home. And for whatever reason, again, the Badgers are getting the points at home. The Badgers are a one-point favorite in this game, according to Vegas. Um, That's the second week in the road, which is wild. Do do you still double down on your Wolverines that this is going to be a a victory for them that they can kind of put it away and maybe start to inch their way into the top 10 and get that recognition?
1: I can – I see it going one of two ways. I think that they finally are able to take this step and remind everyone who Michigan football is. But I can also see a Wisconsin team being like, okay, we're tired of being this punching bag. We are a good program and I can see them laying it down on Michigan because it really will kind of be Michigan's first and biggest test, Mm -hmm. and especially because they'll be on the road.
0: Yeah, I think that's maybe probably why they're getting the point. Um, I hope Michigan wins this game. I'm not going to pick Wisconsin. I think that, I mean, gosh, the way that they just crumbled against Notre Dame was pretty shocking. I think we're seeing Graham Mertz having – he is not the same guy that – I mean, we saw him in one game last year. It might have been a little bit too much hype.
1: Right, I think if Michigan gets to him early and often, then he doesn't seem like the type that, to me at least, he just doesn't seem strong mentally, which sounds really mean to say. But, like, he just kind of seems like he crumbles a little. And the reason I say that is by, you know, throwing back-to-back pick sixes on your last two drives, like, Those are mental errors at that point. And it's also, Um,
0: it's always been a Paul Chris team with Wisconsin. And I mean, this goes back to the Barry Alvarez days. This is not a football team that is built to come back from deficits. They're meant to ground and pound and keep it close. So like you said, I mean, when they get into the nitty gritty of mission goes up early, this game's over. I like Wolverines. I think Vegas. Vegas is going crazy. Badgers at home and 18 points for Georgia. You're drunk, Vegas. Go home. This next one, number twenty-one Baylor, number nineteen Oklahoma State. Check that out for the Big Twelve teams. Okie State is a three and a half point favorite at home. Do we like our Bears to continue to roll, or is Mike Gundy got something in Stillwater?
1: I feel like we always think Mike Gundy's gonna have something in Stillwater, Every and year. it's games like, this. Every and it's like it's games like this where you like expect his team to shine, and then they just don't. And then you're reminded that Oklahoma State is forever average.
0: Yes. This is a this is a factual statement, yes, that you just said. <laughs> it, it is every single year. I mean, especially last year when we're like, they got to be good. Uh, Spencer Sanders, they right. got Tylan Wallace, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. How could they be better? They're terrible. I like the Bears Correct. in this one, too, which makes me very angry because Texas' <laughs> revenge tour, or like the tour where it's like everybody wants to beat Texas – Beating Rick. Tech by seventy points felt very good. It felt Rick. wonderful. Uh, I don't like a Baylor. I hate Baylor. I don't want to lose to <laughs> Baylor. So, <laughs> but I kind of think Baylor's Baylor's seems like a very fundamentally sound football team. And I think the way that they beat that's it, what it, I've been saying yes, It's yes.
1: because of Dave Miranda.
0: Yeah, and you were right about it. And the way that they beat Iowa State took away their weapons. I look for them to do the same against Okie State. I like Baylor in the upset in this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do too. And okay, I mean, I don't know how much it really would be an upset. It's a, um,
0: it's a big right, it's, battle though.
1: Right. I mean, they seem just like, honestly, pretty even. Maybe I would even give Baylor a slight edge for beating Iowa State. Um, we don't really know where Iowa State's going to end up. So we might not be saying that in a couple weeks. Yep. But I mean, these two teams seem more even than I think. Uh, Vegas or anyone's kind of giving them credit for. So either outcome, I wouldn't be shocked. But I, at this point, I'd be a little more shocked by an Oklahoma State victory over a Baylor victory.
0: I agree with you. This next one, though, I, I'm curious to see where you go. Uh, we got three left on the schedule, uh, and then we're going to get you guys out of here. Number 10, Florida, is an eight-point favorite against undefeated Kentucky. Are we buying, number one, that the Gators are a top-10 team? And are we buying a victory over Kentucky, who's been playing some really good football the past couple of years?
1: Yes. Buying <laughs> it all.
0: You're going to buy that the Gators are a top 10 football team? Yeah. You're such an SEC homer. I like Kentucky. I like Kentucky to cover in this one. I think they have what it takes to beat Florida at Kentucky. I think really helps, too, with them not being in the swamp. I think this could be a game that Florida gets tripped up in. I'm not sold on Emory Jones like whatsoever. I think that comeback performance against Alabama was okay, but I, you know me, I'm completely out on Dan Mullen. This smells like a game that he would right. lose.
1: Mm, nah, I don't think so. Because we'll they still have Anthony, they still have Anthony Richardson as their backup. So even if Emory Jones stumbles, they have a solid plan B. Um, I just. I just overall think that they're a more talented player or or more talented team. I have a more talented roster. I just, yeah, I mean, Florida always just kind of hangs around. And I, every year though, like I feel like for the past three years, like you said, like Kentucky's shown some stuff. Mm -hmm. But right when I start to think like, oh, Kentucky, oh, let me, let me, let me check you out. Then it's like, oh, you're Kentucky. Well, I should have expected that.
0: Listen, Florida threw a shoe. I'm never going to trust this team again to ever do anything right, ever. I don't – you're sus. Uh, This game, I have no idea what to make of this one, Haley. Number 22, Auburn, which shouldn't be ranked, versus LSU at home. LSU is a a three-and-a-half-point dog. We kind of forgot about LSU after them losing to UCLA. They've come back into it. They're three-and-one. This is a massive game in the West no matter what. Screw the rankings. There's still – everybody's in contention in the West. Uh, what do we like in this game? Do we like Auburn to rebound big, or does Coach O finally get his first big victory of the season?
1: I don't know.
0: I thought you were going to say I don't like this game. I don't. but
1: (laughs) My, My gut is telling me, because I have peeped LSU the past couple weeks, and my gut is telling me LSU wins this one.
0: I agree with you. I like the points at home for LSU. I'm so not sold on Auburn. I honestly wonder who's going to start as quarterback for that game. Um, Right. And that that does not bode well. If I'm a betting person, I put zero money on Auburn for that. LSU might be getting into their stride. Who knows? This will be a big factor in it. This game coming up, though, uh, the one that you kind of mentioned earlier that this is the only reason why Clemson is ranked, undefeated Boston College uh, taking on number 22 Clemson at home. Vegas has Clemson as a 15 and a half point favorite. I've watched BC play. They're a good team. Clemson has barely and scored fifteen they, points this season.
1: Right. And they narrowly I think Clemson's points per game is like twenty one point eight. So that in itself, they're like not even they're not even getting any points. Like they're barely covering themselves. <laughs>
0: fifteen uh, points. How are they gonna score fifteen points, Haley?
1: Right. Like <laughs> That doesn't make any sense to me, and last season, this was a very close game, and I think Boston College still remembers that. Like You're talking about a Texas revenge tour. I feel like this is all the ACC just (laughs) taking their blows at Clemson for the past couple years.
0: And the champ is bleeding. The champ is down, and everybody's going to get their strike in. I like the upset in this one, even though I don't think it's an upset. I like Boston College over Clemson. I think it cannot, it cannot think be understated I mean, with those defensive losses, especially. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm I'm more concerned about. The offense is terrible, but losing yeah. Breesie and Skalski, that's we've seen what that defense without Skalski leading the way has become. Yeah. like they don't do good when he's not on the field. Boston right. College. I think they're going to win that game.
1: the The bleeding is not going to stop anytime soon for Clemson.
0: I don't think so. Uh, in our last game of notes. Uh, Arizona State, who is still 3-1, and one, fell out of the top 25, taking on number 20, UCLA. UCLA is a three-point favorite. I know we've been high on the Sun Devils. I don't know if UCLA should really be ranked uh, as high as they are. I know they're only 20. Um, what do we like in this game? Do we like Sun Devils or do we like Bruins?
1: I think it depends on which UCLA team you're going to get.
0: The one that lost to Fresno State or the one that – beat LSU right yeah they can right one is consistent and can finish four quarters
1: right exactly because Arizona State has some ish they have a talented quarterback they have Daniels yep right decent receivers so I think that's what it comes down to but we know that UCLA has an electrifying quarterback we know that they have an incredible running back duo if not their Zach Charbonnet is phenomenal so I think, you know, this actually might be a pretty decent Pac-12 game. Just knowing the history of these programs, I, I just want to lean UCLA because it's a home game and just the way the programs have fared as of late, I give Chip Kelly the edge over Herm
0: Edwards. They got a rebound, yeah. I like them at home as well. But, man, I hope Arizona State wins that game because I really like them and I like their uniforms. That's literally the only thing. And I like Scott Steele, which is by Tim. Wow.
1: (laughs) The important things. Who does Texas have this week?
0: Texas has TCU this week. And this is a revenge game for Texas. Um, The TCU cockroaches led by Max Duggan beat the Longhorns last year. Uh, It was not fun. I think the way that Texas is playing right now, at least from an offensive standpoint, they found a little bit of rhythm, right. uh, and it makes a lot of Longhorn fans, or at least the conversation is right now, is like, why didn't Casey Thompson start the season? Um, he played decent against Arkansas. I mean, it was cleanup time. That game is over, Haley. We all know that, but he's actually has one of the best passer ratings in the country right now, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Longhorn optimism is is good. I you know if Texas could win the next two games. Pack in the season, boys. What a hell of a year! TCU and Oklahoma, it's smelling ripe for an upset for the Sooners. If Texas doesn't beat the Sooners, somebody in the Big Twelve is. That team is not going undefeated in conference with the way that they're playing right now. They should have lost to West Virginia, uh, but that's it. An A and M plays who?
1: Mississippi State.
0: They yeah. have to rebound. In my head, A and M rebounds. They have to. I swear to God. I'll wa- I'm going to watch this game, Haley, to see who the first pass of the game goes to. And if it's not Weidemeyer, I quit. I quit AM football.
1: Or if the first play of the game doesn't isn't in Weidemeyer or Isaiah, Isaiah
0: Spiller's hands.
1: hands. Um, question for you, and yeah. maybe the chat. Who finishes with a better season, Texas or AM?
0: Man. Yes, chat, let us know right there. I I don't know about that. Haley, I'm not sold on the Longhorns at all. They haven't really played anybody. Tech is trash. Um, But, man, it really depends on a couple things. You know,
1: because you think about it, like –
0: It depends on what Jimbo does.
1: Right. Like, I mean, Texas can be competitive in the Big 12. Right now, the performance A&M just had – and the schedule that they still have to play. I could see AM finishing fourth or fifth in the West.
0: That's still hard for me. I, I don't disagree. I mean it could happen. I think that defense from AM is gonna keep them in every single ball game. I think they're right. They're, they're but great. at
1: the end of the day, the era that we are in is If you don't have a functional offense, offense yeah, your defense, your defense can be as good as you want it to be and it not matter.
0: I mean, I think you're just hoping that Haynes King can just rehab as fast as freaking possible and get back on the field. Um, and just the whole practice this week should be nothing about Calzada just going through reads and what we need to do to get the ball to our playmakers. That's literally it. Um, I I'd, I'd be yeah, that's what the it's it's put up or shut up time for Jimbo. I think people in college station, even my Aggie friends, are like, we're paying him nine right. million dollars for this. We gave him a contract right. extension for what? Too much I talent think on I am, campus, too much town on that campus to yeah. do that. Too much.
1: I think I am more optimistic the fact that they're playing in Kyle Field. I would be honestly nervous if they were playing
0: in Starkville. Yeah, yeah, I think I that's hate, good. Yeah,
1: you hate playing in Starkville. Everybody Everything hates playing ba- in
0: Starkville. <laughs> Nobody Even wants to play Stark Vegas.
1: There. Yes, literally, only bad things happen there.
0: It's one of those really hard games to get up for, right? Because it's in the middle of a cow field. They got like ten thousand, you know, students there. Like one set of bleachers, all the cowbells. It's a, it's a hard game to get up for. Um, I think that does oh, help see, AM.
1: My personal, I, mine's more personal trauma. I've told you this because the first year when I worked for the football program, 2014, um, when we went down and played in Starkville, 11 a.m. kick, we were like the first team outside of Oregon to wear these flashy new uniforms. We were rolling. Kenny Trill was on fire, Kenny Trill. potential Heisman contender. And then, oh, hello, Dak Prescott. Yep. It was literally the Dak Prescott coming out party. Fat. Flash forward two years later, AM, College football playoff, the very first, you know, playoff goes out. We're number four in the country, feeling good. We're so pumped. And then we go on down to Starkville and our quarterback, Trevor Knight, hurts his shoulder. And then the season unraveled from there.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Weird things happen in places like that. I think it's akin to that. It's like uh, it was Lubbock when A&M was back there. Weird things happen in Lubbock after night. Nobody yeah. wants – I hate playing a – it's one of my favorite things that Texas is leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Never have to play a night game in Lubbock ever again. Except for the fact it, that they're trying to make that a game every single year. And I don't want that. I'm done with Raiders. I'm done with you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, exercising some demons. Yeah, a needs to get a bit victory in a big way. And Mike Leach, you know he's going to throw the kitchen sink because his team sucks and he's going to be throwing yeah. weird things at you guys. Um, that defense though, the Aggies defense still has really impressed me for how good they are. Like up front, right. those linebackers are great. Um, I think the chat is kind of split. I mean, we have some Sooner fans saying A&M is going to have a better season, which you you would. Maybe that's a better question. Who's going to have a better season between OU Texas and Texas A&M? Are we really feeling that confident Sooners that we're going to have a good year? I don't think so. Um, all right, well, I think that's it, Haley, for episode number five for six. Yeah. I can not remember how many we've done. Um, the watch party this weekend, we're getting some people in chat asking about us or uh, asking about that. Uh, it absolutely is going to be Old Miss in Alabama. It's going to be, we're going to be getting it on big time. I cannot wait.
1: Oh, you're so pumped. I unfortunately will be in New York this week. So I will likely, I mean, maybe I could call in from the Big Apple, but.
0: You could just, I can show, I can flash your tweets up on screen. How about that? <laughs> or whatever you're hey, texting me.
1: I'm telling you, that's that's worth the entertainment.
0: It is. I, I love your tweets. They're hilarious. Um, all right. That's it, guys, for uh, this episode. We appreciate betonline.ag. Thank you guys for stopping by, being a part of the chat. Uh, for all the follows and subs, thank you so much. Haley, I hope it gets better for your Aggies. I think it will. Yeah. Still talented enough. Mississippi State's terrible. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that to say. But, yeah, we'll see you guys for the watch party. We'll give you more updates, and then we will see you next week.
1: All righty. Adios, everyone. Big weekend. Can't wait.
0: Later. Thank you for listening to Believe.